Hi, guys. If you're listening to the Nebraska Hour, it is part of the Bet Your Ash podcasting network, B-Y-A-P-N-B, yappin'. And sometimes when we be yappin', we be cursing, especially these two jokers. Fucking A, recording in progress. Welcome to the Nebraska Hour. As usual, I'm Timmy Nebraska. And I guess now, now it's usual, and Brock's, Brock White is here with us. The uh, I, You're just the official co-host now. He's, just, he's in it for the long haul. I'm in it. I mean, Scott Frost isn't, but I am. We're here. So I have something about Scott Frost that, that um, I heard on uh, Twitter on a uh, Twitter. Um, podcast kind of deal from a guy that follows the Huskers very closely said that he had heard reports from somebody inside of the um, department that, that Frost was late to practice several times, wasn't making recruiting calls, all this stuff. And then this week um, you see Adrian Martinez just go off against Oklahoma. It's a bad look. He didn't look nothing like that ever for Nebraska. Well, and that's something that I wanted to touch on is, so we've both watched and played sports most of our lives. Yes. And to me, there's a very, like, through line for mediocre coaches is that they get married to players. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, They're yeah. Like, These are my guys. They, they can't they get and to they a don't. point where it's hard for them to change because it's it's their guy, you know? And I think... Frost was like that with Adrian Martinez, who I love, but was I think some of the coaching was poor, and I've heard the reports of both Frost and Shenander not doing the full recruiting, being late to meetings, late to practices, leaving early for quote-unquote family reasons. And I get family's important, but you're not getting paid $5 million a year to pick your kids up from their after-school program. Well, I mean, just delegating responsibility sounds like it was a problem as well. Yeah, so well, I was happy for Adrian. Glad to see him have some success and ball out. And look Oh, great. man, I'm super happy for Adrian. He looked phenomenally good. He, looked, he had 356 yards, uh, five touchdowns, I think three passing and two rushing. Um. He was a baller, man. He looked like a star, like he, like what he was hyped to be when he came to Nebraska originally. I'm for the first time. I'm happy that he transferred, um, because uh, I, I mean, I wanted to keep Adrian. He was supposed to be our guy for a long time, and it, it sucks to see players leave the program all the time, like we have been. And for the first time, I, I'm happy that he left, man, because he looks good and he might have a future now. Well, and also. Don't you think if your head coach is routinely late to practices and meetings, you think that would feed in to why all these talented players transfer out and maybe why they're not as good as they were supposed to be while they were at Nebraska, and then they transfer out and bang. 
I mean, Wandale Robinson did it. Now you're seeing well, it. Wandale was really good in Nebraska, though. Wandale is just a, an elite athlete. Maybe not an elite football player, but he's an elite athlete regardless. Like He's a super talented, uh, just overall athletic beast. But uh, he was he was great as one year in Kentucky, and it's maybe because his coaches were on time to meetings and actually teaching him and coaching also, him. Also, Wandale's the exception because Wandale didn't leave because of a problem in the program. Wandale left because his mom was his yeah, family issues, and he he's from a closer place to Kentucky, you know. Okay, he's so a one exception. I'll give you that. While we're on the topic of coaches, I want to talk about the new defensive coordinator. Mr. Bill Bush. Are you okay with that? I don't know. So I don't know much about him. So let me hear what you think. So he is a graduate of Nebraska Westland. And he has been a college football coach at every level from NAIA all the way to winning a national championship with LSU. He okay. is an He's an experienced special teams and defensive backs coach. Uh, um, he's, so, also, he's also been a defensive coordinator, associate head coach, or co-defensive coordinator at Utah, Rutgers, and LSU, where when he was in charge, those defenses were in the top 10 in pass defense, pass efficiency pass efficiency defense and red zone defense. So did is uh did he come over because of of uh, um Joseph? Yeah, uh they were looking for a special teams coordinator which he has experience with and uh he and Mickey Joseph have actually been friends for like their entire lives basically. They met in college, I believe uh Bill Bush was on kind of like a vague recruiting trip and he met Mickey Joseph on campus while Mickey Joseph was a quarterback and they've stayed in touch and then they had I believe three or four years together at LSU that's what I thought I thought that that probably they had so that's a good sign though I like that so I I like that we're getting coaches that know each other really well and also uh, I like that we're getting coaches that have had success together well and I like to get coaches from the SEC because if we're taking guys from there, they're obviously the best programs in the country by a long ways. Um, oh, and you can call me an idiot for this, but this is the number one thing that sold me on Bill Bush. Uh, his first ever uh, press conference, he was asked about what it's like working with the existing you know, defensive staff while taking over. And he said... You know, it was like Jake and Elwood Blues trying to get the band back together. See, that's awesome. It's good to hear that the rest of the coaches, and that's kind of what I meant a little bit by um, the one guy talking about how Frost wouldn't show up, wouldn't show up to meetings on time and late to practice and stuff. Um, the report, what he said was that the other coaches were going to to talk to, to complain about that. So if we we kind of have uh, the other coaches are all the way in. Um, to use the uh, Nebraska's turn of phrase there as a, you know, cliche term. Um, but that, that's positive. You know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no divisiveness in the, in the, in the coaching staff, it seems like, which is a positive thing. And, you know, one thing that I really do want to celebrate a little bit this week is uh, we did not lose last week. 
And that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of nice to come into one of these not often embarrassing loss, whether it's Georgia Southern or Oklahoma or Northwestern or, you know, the last basically 25 years of our lives. Yeah. Um, it is nice. Also, for more positivity, if you will, uh, Waka Flock of Flame is going to open up for the Nebraska basketball team's opening night. So that's positive. Um, uh, I'm telling you, 2026. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm going to keep uh, saying it, so I make sure I'm on. I'm on record early on here that 2026 Nebraska basketball champions. Also, for more, you know, Nebraska positivity, uh, the baseball team uh, absolutely wiped the diamond with Nebraska Omaha in a scrimmage over the weekend, and I don't know if you know Nebraska had this, but. The Nebraska club hockey team is undefeated so far this year. Really? I did not know that. I know that our volleyball team is really good. Yeah. Number three in the country. They're rolling. They're doing things, doing what so they do. The, you know. Before we become a basketball school, cur- currently we're a volleyball school. Correct. We but, also uh, might be a baseball, hockey, basketball school. Well, hockey, it's a club hockey thing because we don't have a real uh, hockey program, even though we're in, now that we're in the Big Ten – that might develop into something in the future. Well, that's what I'm saying is in 2026, it might be football is like second tier. And then our first tier is, you know, volleyball, wrestling, basketball, hockey, and well, then and baseball and softball are kind of in between. To be totally honest with you, if our football team is doing the same thing as it has the last you know 20 or so years, I just want to, you know, tear it down, maybe just cover it up and uh, go ahead and put it into a, uh, you know, into a basketball court. It'd be a hundred and whatever thousand um, people to watch a basketball game would be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. If it comes to that, I mean, why not? You know what I'm saying? But um, this week we have Indiana. Uh, and I want to say it's a win. Well, before I give my official pick for the game, it is currently uh, Indiana's five-and-a-half-point dogs on my book. I don't know what you're get, getting them at right now. I'm sure it's right around there, five-and-a-half or six. Uh, Indiana, their offense is, I believe, number four or five in the country in plays per minute. Who? So they go up-tempo, and they have – two running backs who just are downhill, you know, they run a lot of zone blocking. So it's just like drag it out one foot in the ground, square your shoulders and hit it. And yeah. Well, I, I would like to say it's a win, but like before you finish here, sorry to cut you off there, bud. Um, I'd like to say it's a win because um, Indiana's just athletic and talent drop off in the last two years when, since they had the one really good quarterback uh, he had a weird name that I made fun of a bunch. Now I can't remember it. Um, but they're supposed to have a really down year. They're supposed to be – I mean, they're not as bad. They're not Hawaii or nothing. But I want to say it's a win because we need a win. Well, also, I will say that I will take the Nebraska money line. I still don't understand why we're favorites, but I'll take it. Uh, what I was saying about the tempo and physicality is a worry to me. But as you just mentioned, 
uh, Indiana really doesn't have that like high end, like outside threat or that quarterback who can beat you by himself. So, you but know? also since you said you, they have two downhill running backs, I don't know if we can stop the run against anybody right now if we tackle like we have been. Well, and that's uh, I watched um the new defensive coordinator Bill Bush to bring him back. Uh, they've been trying to simplify stuff, and their his two main goals to fix the defense over the last two weeks since he's been named defensive coordinator were to improve communication so that once they make a call everybody is on that call and just watching other podcasts about nfl football all these guys uh whether it's everything db or the pat mcafee show or any of the others with the kelsey brothers on defense if everybody has the right call you're right if everybody has the wrong call and plays it together you're still right so, so if, they can, things, if they can so improve the communication, really oh, sorry about that. Go ahead, buddy. If you can improve the communication to where everybody's on the same page, whether it's right or wrong, but they're playing as eleven together, that's going to help with the tackling because everybody's going to be flowing to the ball. And also in practice during the bye week and over the weekend, they gave them some few days off, but they've been going like good on good, like to the ground, live action, like. They need to because we can't tackle anybody. Yeah, well, they've got to the point where, hey, we haven't tackled anybody in four years, and we haven't tackled anybody in the game in four years. So maybe it's not bad if we lose a couple of starters and some young guys have to step up because we're actually tackling in practice. So I would say the tackling will probably be the best we've seen since Scott Frost hired. God, I hope so. Well, or Mike Riley there. wasn't good at coaching at, at getting the defensive tackle either. One thing that bothered me against Oklahoma, um, that so there was a pretty long play. There's basically just a spot pass to to the to the, uh, the the right side of the quarterback, and uh, before the play, there's guys moving around. Our defense didn't look like they knew what was going on, but there's only two guys to cover three receivers, and as man, there's a mismatch. You, they need to be able to count better. You have to be able to count and know well, what's going on, and like and when me- you. Just, when there's two guys out there and three, there's two guys defensively and three receivers. The other two receivers obviously just block. It's a spot pass. It was like 60 yards. And I was like, God, they just, before the snap, I was like, Oh, there's mismatch. There it is. There it is. And it was in, instantly, he just turned and threw right to him. And I was like, shit, man, like that shouldn't happen. Well, to a point, you have to give credit to Oklahoma for their formations and their motions. Cause they were shifting and motioning and doing all kinds of things. But that's what, gives me hope is with Bill Bush talking about we have to communicate when they move that guy over there, you have to turn. If you're a corner, you have to turn and look at that nickel and that linebacker and that safety and be like, okay, this is our call now. So I'm going to ride with him or, Hey, uh, there's, it's me versus two guys over here. Maybe change the call, maybe call a timeout. Well, like, well, it's not easy to change a call instantly. Like, I mean, I think about, when I see it on the TV, I think about like Madden. I can change a call in a second, you know. And the communication is not that easy in real life. But also, well, just make a like, check. Just make a check to like, hey, instead of uh that, we can check out of that to our base and rotate somebody else over here. It's really easy to tell if we're cover two, cover three, or or cover two man, or cover or three or three back man. It's super easy. 
and we don't get pressure um, so, even when we since we don't I'm, get pressure wouldn't it make sense to like play more quarters I know there's a lot of quarters beater route combinations man, but if you play quarters you have people under, underneath on slant routes all day because you need linebackers to cover like I want to man up, and like if you get beat on man up with two with a safety deep or two safeties deep, that's okay. But our blitz designs are poor, also. Like we, it looks like we're confused. On um, so hopefully, what you're talking about, I'm I'm agreeing with is that hopefully Bill Bush has got the communication and everybody on the same page at least. Yeah, and that's just what I'm saying is I agree with you on the blitz. It seems like we have a lot of guys running into each other. Like yeah, the yeah, defensive exactly. line will stunt exactly. and the linebacker runs into the back of somebody. Or the, it's like or he's starting like on the left side of the offensive line, has to loop all the way around to like the right guard gap, which would be like what the two two eye gap, two inside. Well, it looks like a lot of plenty of times that that um we have like a blitz design and the defensive end pulls the tackle to the outside and the linebacker goes to the outside also. Or the defensive end goes inside to get an outside, get around the corner blitz, an edge rush, and the the linebacker or whatever goes to the two to the two gap instead. Or and then the other linebacker goes the opposite way, so you don't you don't ever get a get a hole. You know the twists don't work if they don't work together. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying about communication. Also, is it just me or can like our defensive linemen just not get off of blocks? Is that oh, man. Uh, Is that hands? No Is that push. feet? Is that strength? Oh, I, I mean, care. Oklahoma. When we, when Oklahoma is is a superior team, especially when Mickey, Mickey Joseph's first day on the job. I don't really – I can't really criticize him for that much. Yeah, um, I don't even want to go back to Oklahoma because that's just a wash. Like, yeah, yeah. That one's – that's day one for – on first day on the job and whatever. And I wish he would have made some better adjustments instead of just kind of being like, well, playing vanilla, but – also, it's hard to communicate and get those things in, in, in a week, you know, like that's okay. Now with the bye week, I expect him to have um, the defensive play calls and stuff in that he wants that they want to have. And I expect the offense to look a little, a lot better. And the offense, we got to block somebody, man. Because also, I, just- I think, I think that, uh, that uh, Casey Thompson is a very talented, good quarterback, but you can't make him run around all damn day. It's not going to work. Yeah, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. Well, there's only one Michael Vick, dude. Because like, or because like, man, even Mahomes ain't getting away from that with 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 free guys, you know. But I I want to know how you felt because I thought it was great against Oklahoma that we ran tempo. That's what I said weeks ago that I thought about why yeah. some people were leaving because Frost had talked about tempo the first day he had the job interview, the, the press conference when he got hired. And we had never seen that before, really. And um, I, I was like, man, he's making these promises to recruits and then it doesn't come true ever. He doesn't do what he says. So it makes sense that they were leaving. And now there's more information about that. But I want to see the tempo up anyway. And that's it's an advantage for us if we have if we have nine deep receivers which I think we do have nine, nine receivers that can play. Um, we can sub in and out and they don't have that, that much depth, a lot of teams. So against Indiana, Illinois, some of these teams, um, I think we can still get five wins, maybe five, maybe six. 
If we get six wins and become bowl eligible, Mickey save the season. Yeah, and do you think so? If we're one and three right now, that's correct. Yes. So if we have eight games left, if we finish, you know, seven and five and make a bowl game, does that um seven seven's seven's almost impossible unless we either upset Iowa. Iowa could be winnable, I guess, but we need to beat Purdue and Michigan to get seven games, get seven wins. I don't know if we finish like six and six, seven and five and get a bowl game. Does that solidify Mickey Joseph as does he win the job or I don't know. I have some thoughts. I think that the, the athletic department is looking for a big time hire. And I think that they're seriously looking at urban and we should not. That's a joke. I I don't, I don't think so either. I think urban Meyer looks like the kind of guy that would, would tell his friend that his daughter looks hot. Urban Meyer's the kind of guy that um, would ask his friend if his if his daughter's ever thought about going wild. You know, if he uh, Urban Meyer's the kind of guy that wears three pop collars. Urban Meyer's the type of guy that would ask your hot wife, like, "Hey, you want to come sit in this hot tub with me?" He looks like the kind of guy that thinks Manwich is a soccer team. That's hilarious. That's good. All right, so. Since we're on the topic, I have some theories for the future of Husker football. All right, let's hear it. So, if the Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple and Bill Bush get us to a bowl game, let's keep them around, keep the continuity with the recruiting and the kids on the on the roster. I think that's let what them, we should do, for sure. Let them build their own staffs. You know, bring in people they know. They're all experienced, been around the game. They know people who know how to do this thing. If that doesn't happen, I have a thought. We send a scarlet and cream dump truck full of cash to to either Luke Fickle Deion Sanders or Matt Rule's driveway and just dump it. Um, why Matt Rule? Why does everybody like Matt Rule so much? Because when he was at Baylor, they were unstoppable. They were up tempo, had all the athletes playing defense. I think in his three years at Baylor, he turned out more NFL draft picks than the history of Baylor. I mean, that's not really that impressive necessarily. I think a big part of that, Baylor has a, has a ton of talent. Baylor gets a lot of super athletic kids. To, I mean, recruiting in Texas is a lot easier if you're there. Um, even though they're in Waco, which, you know, just reminds me of David, David Koresh, which is probably a joke that no one gets. Yeah, the FBI might burn that down at any moment. Yeah, you never know, man. You never know. But – I think I don't. I, I think a three-year stretch like that at Baylor wasn't really as impressive as people talk about. I, they were really good. They were really good. Um, during the time frame, who was their quarterback? Uh, some nobody. Um, I sh- I should have remembered. He was like. Uh... It's not the same dude that's there now, right? No, it was a 
I know. I remember one year when they upset Texas. That was a big deal. They had like kind of like a poor man's Josh Allen. He was like 6'4", 220 white boy. Yeah, he was really good. I, I, I swear that I should remember his name, but I don't for some reason. But he kind of – the quarterback position was pretty solid for him right away. Um, yeah, that's – Which true. makes your job a ton easier, obviously, you know. And, um, man, Baylor has some superstar track speed serve receivers. Uh, I, I think he was kind of set up for success previously as well. That's what I mean. So – uh, obviously, I think we look at Luke Fickle and Dion, and we offer them like the college equivalent of like the John Gruden Raiders, where it's like here's ten years guaranteed. We'll pay you eighty million. Here's another twenty million to build your staff and crew, and just make this fucking work. Man, I would love to have Dion. I saw a video after the Jackson State game last week. Um, of Dion, and he's talking to his team, and his kicker is a soccer player dude from somewhere else. I'm not sure, but he speaks speaks Portuguese, and um, he's uh having the kicker say what he says, and then at the end of it, Dion just like hit my theme music, and Dion's kind of strolls strolls off, and somebody in the back hits some music that apparently is Dion's theme music. Um, I'm not sure if it's from the 1994 primetime. Uh, hip hop album that I did have when I was a child, by the way, or not. But Dion has, I do just love, I want the swag back. I um, want like, we need a little attitude. We need a little. Yeah. That's why I want have- Luke Fickle because Luke Fickle, he's at Cincinnati. I have a theory about getting Luke Fickle. It's called, I call it the Barry Alvarez effect. Okay. So, Barry Alvarez played at Nebraska. He's from Wisconsin. Yes. Moved up the coaching ranks, became a head coach at Wisconsin, became their athletic director. And what did he do? Just success continually. Well, he based the entire athletic department on what he learned at Nebraska while he was there. I I, I get you. So, we're going to do the same thing. But we're going to get Luke Fickle, and we're going to base our whole thing on Ohio State. I hate having a guy named Fickle as your coach. But, I mean, we could have Luke's Charms. There's a lot of stuff that's available. Luke's Charms? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's a reach. I think you can come up with something better. You're a witty guy. You're a witty guy. That's just off the top of your head. I think you can come up with something better. But um, I'll work on it, but I think we either get Luke Fickle, Dion, or the next best thing would be, to me, Matt Rule. Also, I did win a bunch of money off of Notre Dame winning a football game. Really? And, yeah. And uh, they have a former Notre Dame quarterback who's their offensive coordinator. Um, who, Tommy Reese. Who, who is the former quarterback? Tommy Reese. He's their offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese, huh? Yeah, I don't I believe know if I know the guy personally. I believe it's R-E-E-S. The what? last time, the last Notre Dame quarterback that I liked was Carlisle Holiday. But, Brock, let's end this for a minute. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk about some games we like this week 
and uh, we'll give uh, like a real solid Husker prediction for um, for uh, you know score wise and stuff for Nebraska Indiana. I'm with it, buddy. Hi guys, this is Timmy Nebraska with the, with the Nebraska Hour. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, you can call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you don't have a gambling problem, let's make some money. All right, we're back. That could have been your guys' ad read right there. If you want, we could have uh, done an ad thing for you. If you're ever interested in that, you can get a hold of us. Um, bet your ash. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Timmy Nebraska. Direct message me, whatever deal is. If you have any, um, if you feel like advertising on our show, um, that would be fantastic. We would love that. And if you have some cool stuff, I mean, I like free swag and stuff for, from the advertisers. That sounds amazing also. also anyway. hit me up on Twitter at BarackWhite86, and I will hear you out and work with you to uh, help your product do its best. Yeah, I'll promote it like crazy as long as it's something cool. You know, people like it stuff. If it's something like this doesn't, you know, not cool, then that's not any fun for me. But anyway, that could have been your ad read, though. It could have been cool. Um, anyway, Brock, uh, so what else do you like this week for football games? So I've got uh five games that I'm seriously looking at, and then I have a friendly wager. I'm sure Greg would like to be a part of this as well. We're even on the friendly wager, beer bet. We are. We are even on the friendly wagers. So it means nobody we'll gets any beers. No beers right now. But uh, I'm going to start. We'll finish with a free friendly wager beer bet, I think. Okay. That's the best okay. way to do it. Uh, I'm going to start uh, Iowa at home against Michigan getting 10 and a half. You like uh, Iowa, huh? I did not say that. I'm just setting the basis of okay, it. I don't uh, know. Iowa has less offense than any football team I've ever seen in my entire life. But yes. they're at home. It's a tough place to play. They're right on top of you. They're going to sell it out. They're going to wave to the little kids at the hospital. Very sentimental and touching and whatnot. I think I might lay – I'm going to watch how the line moves. If it gets down to maybe like nine, I'll take Michigan. The juice is just too much to touch the money line on Michigan. I don't think Michigan's really that good. They've played a really weak schedule and haven't really dominated. But they looked, I they didn't look just, that good against Maryland last week. Maryland looked pretty tough last week. Yeah, but I mean, it's just Michigan really hadn't overpowered anybody, but I was just so, so bad on offense. And Michigan has a good defense. If it gets down under 10, I'm going to lay it with Michigan. If it goes up to like, I don't know, maybe alternate spread this at like 21 for Iowa, that's just what I'm looking at. I don't know how you feel about that game if you looked at it. Um, I, off the rip, uh, I usually look at the game just quickly, so it's kind of like a, a um, generic, you know, like a, or a organic reaction, organic picks and stuff before we do the show. And um, immediately I would probably say I would take Michigan. I think that that's probably the immediate sentiment of everybody. Uh, so 
I hate going with the general public, like the, the heavy public bet. Um, I would probably just lay off that one so far, I guess. Yeah, I'm not on it. I, that's just something I'm looking at. Also, all these picks, I have to lay off the Southeast because Hurricane Ian is either going to postpone or cancel or affect so many games. I can't. So these are just the ones that I'm looking at. So, so what else you got here? Uh, the next one up, Illinois at Wisconsin. Uh, the it's Fighting Illini. Six and a half or seven, right? Yeah, I got it at seven. Uh, Wisconsin got absolutely destroyed by Ohio State last week. Uh, Illinois, I mean, they've looked good, and you're giving me a touchdown. Give me the Illini. See, I would, t- I'll t- I would take the Badgers on this one. I think that, that Wisconsin um, is usually a pretty solid team, and just Ohio State's just a lot better than most people in the country. And Wisconsin's going to come back with a little bit of a vengeance here. I think that they probably win by 17 or so, 14 to 17. Well, just what I've seen from Illinois, I think they can keep it close. I'm not saying Illinois is going to win. But a so touchdown, try- yeah. yeah. But if you give me a touchdown, I might try to middle it and hit Wisconsin money line and Illinois plus seven. I'm not saying See, I won't do that. That's one of the games I like. I, I, I like Wisconsin minus a seven on that. Okay, let's go to the SEC. We got uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss. I like the Kentucky money line. They're ranked, and they are road puppies for some reason. Ole Miss really hasn't looked that great after Matt Corral left. Again, I do love the fighting lane Kiffins down there in Biloxi. But See, give me, I would give go me the Kentucky. Opposite. I would go the the. It's it's always seems to be a trap when you have the the lower ranked team as a favorite at home. Um, historically, man, I, these are the games I like to bet on because everybody thinks the same thing as what you said. Oh, the you know Kentucky plus as a as a as a dog, that's a good bet. Um, I think that that's Vegas mind games. That's a trick that Ole Miss covers. And I also don't understand how Sally makes them a spread sometimes while they do that, but they do that. It's I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a trap. We'll all fall into it. Just give me Kentucky money line plus 210. Um, I would go and maybe I would, I'll try I, to I like would, I would bet you, I would, that. I would maybe fairly bet you on that one and the uh, Wisconsin one. We can do a little oh, no. uh, combo no, no. bet there. No, no, uh, no, no deal there, huh? Uh, so the next game I've got, we'll get to the friendly bet. I've got a special one for that, and our producer, Mister McGee himself. The next one of Vatek and North Carolina. Give me the over all day long in every North Carolina game ever because they just they play worse defense than Nebraska. Uh, they do score a lot of points though. Yeah, that's why the I'm last, always taking. Their, I, I like North, it. I like what you're. But yeah. it, they might have to score them all themselves because BT is really bad. BT's yeah, pretty bad. I mean. They're going to give up two touchdowns, North Carolina. 
somehow to a very bad team. And then they're going to score like probably seven or eight on their own. I'm taking the over in every North Carolina game until proven otherwise. That's what all I'm right, saying. All right. So that's that's four. What's your, what's your friendly wager bet well, game here? Uh, So the friendly wager bet, I want two to one on this. Wake Forest at Florida State. Just money line just to win? You don't think no. the game's going to get canceled? Hey, yo. Hey, I'm here. You don't think the game's going to get canceled? You just said you don't want to bet games in the Southeast. Like, what do you... This game is in the Southeast. Yeah, but our friendship is stronger than any storm could ever be. All right, listen. Wake Forest has really, really has a great quarterback. All right? He's really... Or maybe it's a perfect system for a good quarterback that makes him look great. Whatever it is, whatever the case is, they're getting a lot of production out of the quarterback position. Florida State is off to oh unexpected and beautiful start to the season, but I'm not betting on Florida State this weekend. I hate I'm not. I'm betting them with the spread against the spread, money line, whatever. Like I'm not betting on Florida State this weekend. I suspect it could come to an end here. It's been a nice little run. I expect the our the undefeated season probably ends here, if not here, and maybe next week or the following week. But the fact is, all these kids are going to be distracted by, oh shit, how's my family, friends, friends, family, everybody back home, everybody I went to school with, everything, because these are kids from Florida, not just football players of Florida State. And Florida is going through some crazy shit. So I'm not betting on this game. If I have to bet on this game, I'm not betting on Florida State, unfortunately. Um, I bet on Florida State every week except for the one week they played some little tiny school. I forget who they played, actually. And, I forget uh, who it was. It was – oh, it was Duquesne from Pittsburgh. That's right. It's yes. right. I bet on Florida State every week except for Duquesne. Um, so, I mean, I'll roll with it again. I'm down, whatever. So you're going to give me Wake Forest plus seven? Uh yeah sure I'm cool with that, but not two to one. Well no because Crybaby Greg is out so it's one to one. Yeah yeah I'm cool with that yeah um I mean if you want to take Wake Forest money line I'll give you two to one. Do you want to double down on that and go three to one or two and a half to one? Three to why? Two? I don't know. Wake Forest money line plus two oh five. That's yeah. Why would he give you better odds than he can get from the fucking book? He would just bet it against the book. So wake money line. Sure, I'll two take that. Yeah, two <laughs> one. I'm do I'm cool with it. I mean I'm I've been rolling the Florida State train the whole way. It's two um, beers against one beer, huh? Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm all right with it. Um the other I like a couple of games too. I thought you might mention I've been on the same kind of uh the same teams the last few weeks. Uh took Texas Tech again last week. I'll take them again this week against Kansas State. Um, I do like I, that one. Hey, man, Kansas State played really well last week. Kansas State played phenomenally well last week. But, I mean, I've been on Texas Tech and Florida State three of the four weeks of football so far. I might as well keep it keep it going, you know? What's the spread on the Texas How'd Tech? How'd that team? work out for you with Iowa State last week? Iowa State I lost on, but, you know, now they're off the train. You know, it's Texas Tech plus eight. Um, I love that. I'm, I'll, I'll ride with you. As Russ Wilson says, let's ride. Let's not talk about Russ Wilson. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, dude. What a fucking like just joker of a person, dude. 
Just fantastic yeah. bullshit. Just there's never there's not a sincere bone in that loser's body. Yeah, he's here. He's just trying to sell his brand. He has an office at the stadium instead of being with a team with his own team. You can't, I don't know. He's just a strange guy to me. He's the um, diva of all divas to me, and I will never stop saying "Let's ride." Let's ride. I just hate the Broncos so much. Who else? You, hey, 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 let's not get. Let's go go off on this because we can all talk shit about the Broncos. That's Look, true. That's what, true. Who else uh, do you like this weekend, Tim? I got bills uh, to pay. My G, dude. Uh, I I would say let me down last week. Uh, they played Kansas this week. Also, Kansas, shocking, great team this year. Yes, shockingly good. Yes. Um. So there, I would say I I was gonna put them off off my off my train here, and I'm not going to. I'm gonna give them one more chance. Iowa State minus three at Kansas. Um, and I think Arkansas. Hey, before you go on, I just want to say one thing. What's that? Rock chalk Jayhawk, baby. Give me the three. Uh, dude, I mean, I'll, I'll, you I'll just do it, wanted we'll to say it. cock. Yep, yep, he did. He wanted to say rock cock Jayhawk. Um, I Arkansas plus seventeen seems like they're getting too many points. Um, I think it'll be closer than seventeen. It might be fourteen or something. Um, I expect Arkansas to put up a fight and not that's against Alabama. Arkansas. Yeah, but I think they're gonna. They're, it's gonna, plus seventeen. Alabama hasn't really been a covering machine lately. So I'll, I'll ride with you on a – you, me, and John Daly will ride with the Razorbacks. Woo pig suey. And he, and what's surprisingly that you and I will be the least drunk. Arkansas is a good team this year, man. They really are. They really are. I think getting 17 is way too much. Um, I really do like Ole Miss against um, – uh, shit. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. I really, I really like Ole Miss against Kentucky. I already placed I, that. Yeah, I love that bet. I love it. I think that it's a complete trap to bet the, the, the Vegas Lions like that. Um, it's almost like telling you, hey, you idiots, don't do this. Um, and I still like the app state over. It's over like 71 or something like that against the Citadel. And app state might score 58 of them by themselves. Nice. Um which it's kind of a weird bet to bet against on a team that's playing the Citadel, but I wouldn't ever take a spread like that. But the over seventy one, I think, is reasonable. Uh, I also like uh, Troy over Western Kentucky and West Virginia plus the points against Texas. Ooh, plus nine and a half against Texas. Man, that's a lot of points. But West Virginia and I haven't done well together this year. Um, uh, I kind of have a thing with with West Virginia's. I really like West Virginia's coach, and they played great. They played great last last Thursday. Yeah. Or, a game talk, I want to have is uh, give me the Raging Cajuns as home pups against who? Yeah, I you're the one in the Bayou. The rest of us don't just automatically know who Louisiana Lafayette is playing this weekend. All right, a, it's not Louisiana Lafayette. It's the University of Louisiana, and they're playing Southern Alabama, and they're home puppies. So give me the Cajuns plus the points. Um, Sure, Cajuns. Let's see what it is here. It says Cajuns plus what? Point. Plus nine. 
<laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, just a fun thing. I'm down with that. So All right. Now, if you guys are going to do it, I will too. Raging Cajun. So let's go. Well, I'm I taking am- the opposite here. I'm, I'm taking South Alabama against him, I thought. Oh, I was going to bet with them one time. Well, I mean, I don't know nothing about the game. I was going to bet against Brock because, like, it's bananas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where South Alabama is. Uh, uh, it's, if it's you go to the North Alabama the and then go south. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I only know, like, two cities' names in Alabama. That was the whole Which joke. two? Birmingham and Tuscaloosa. You've never heard of Mobile? Oh, or Montgomery? Okay, okay, I got, I got. Or, yeah, or Montgomery. Man, look at you! The, the academia just spills out of you all the time, Greg. You just can't help. It. He was the one on the Montgomery. All right. Who else? I think I that's it, though. I think Brock's maybe about look, done for. Tim, maybe look at like some civil rights movements to maybe learn the South. They don't ever learn the North. I just, they don't even teach geography in Mississippi and Alabama, I don't think. Honestly, They're I don't bad. know where anything in Nebraska is. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not from either of y'all's places, you know. Like, you geography put, just isn't something that's taught anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We just, we've gotten away from geography because we all have cell phones and maps. Yeah. It's, a, it's a travesty, honestly. That's um, great. I don't have to remember that bullshit. I could just look it up. It's like yeah, you just type it into your maps, and then it tells you where to go. Right? It's like what you know, happened you, in last week's football game. I don't have to remember. I just have to know how to find it. Learn geography on the fly, baby. That's what I like. All right. What's going right, to happen? That's it. What's going to happen in this Nebraska game, guys? Um, Nebraska. I'm going to say we win 36-31. So you're betting them on the money line, huh? Um, yeah, I'm not gonna bet. I'm done betting in Nebraska. Brock fooled me a couple <laughs> times already. Brock fooled me, man. Got me contact Kool Aid drunk, and I got all wild yeah. like I was ten again, and I got hurt. Kool-Aid Give me cage. the corn shuckers. Give me the corn shuckers. Twenty eight seventeen. All right. I'll take them. I'll take the spread minus five and a half. I'm putting everything I have against them because you're both on them. <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet it at all. I I'm uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm I love you guys. Hey, already. thanks for having me on your podcast, gentlemen. Thanks for always being around, Greg. You're just, uh, you know, you, t- you really tie, tie it all together. You bring it all mm-hmm. together for us. <laughs> um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your podcast and where they can talk to you? You know, you can find our podcast on like Spotify and Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much all the podcast places you look for. And at betyourash.com um you can find me on twitter and instagram and facebook at timmy nebraska and brock is on twitter at brock white 86 check me out and uh yeah the, the ad read team could have been yours make sure you hit us up if you want to do some advertising i would yeah, love to have an at bet your ash pod on instagram facebook and twitter holler if you want to play some ads and do some business and hey, yeah, they I could love- get real. They could get real creative with their ad reads because we're creative folks, and we can make it happen. Make it yeah, happen. I, mean, I, I love doing ad reads. They're wild. Yeah, dude. Timmy, Timmy can sell. Timmy can sell all kinds of fucking make your cock hard pills. It'd be oh easy. my goodness! 
<laughs> he says he can sell clouds to God and catch up popsicles to women in white gloves. So uh, it's going to be great. All right, kids. Thanks. Peace out. Make sure you tell your friends, rate, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.